Thank you, Pastor. Indeed, it was a great first time, Curry. I didn't know what to expect, but it was awesome. And uh, truly, it's a joy to be back with you. We still struggle to find out how many years it's been since we came here, if it's five or six, maybe. Uh, but what I see is the presence of the Lord and new life. It's a new life. So I don't know if you realize that your name actually always carrying something. Uh, as Pastor said, my name is Benjamin. It was not an easy name my father gave me. And he, uh, the only lessons he gave me says, you have to be the son of righteousness. I would try to cheat sometimes of my exam. I could not. My dad's voice was in my head. So you're carrying the life of your father, which is the almighty God. And you are here to breathe new life. And I believe this morning the worship was great. I, I just sense the presence of the Lord and of the Holy Spirit here. I would like you to just give a round of applause for the worship team because they did a great job. I pastored for 25 years now down in Transylvania. I was born in a Christian family under the communists. I preached several times, probably a lot of countries in the world, but I always, I'm nervous and I never knew how to start. So being here, I would like to start with the weather because that's what you do. <laughs> uh, and the reason I want to start with the weather is actually ask you to pray for our church and family and community. Uh, last night was a rough night for us because the wind started to blow out of bloom. We didn't have rain since May. No rain at all. I mean, a couple of flood, storm, but now that was it. But last night, uh, trees were falling, roofs were taken away from families. Um, praise God, the, the church was intact, uh, our family is fine, and nobody was injured. But just pray people are a little scared and concerned of what's happening, and uh, that will be good. So that's a, a forecast news. Uh, the great news uh, we have is actually that the Lord is our protector, our savior, and he is our Lord. So in this morning, because my time is short and I want to... Uh, uh, say something that the Lord put it in my heart. I, would, I can share more with you about what we're doing and who we are tonight. So we are more than welcome to come and find out what we do. And we do nothing without God, but everything we do is for him and for his glory. So he deserves all the glory. But I was struggling, you know, uh, when you go into a foreigner country, foreigner culture, foreigner people. Uh, he said, Lord, what should I say? And uh, it's been this verse in my heart. Uh, ever since I came here, the Lord told me, says, speak about what's in your heart. Speak about the life that I put in you. So then they will carry on. And I, I got this sense, you know, that the Lord is calling all of you to expand. Expand your horizon. Move on beyond your borders. So my title for the message is A Vision Longer Than Your Church and A Purpose Longer Than Your Lifetime. I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but I would like to start by quoting from two important person. First is John Wesley. Uh, he had uh, studying him, I discovered this, that actually changed my, my life. And he says, if your vision is just to build a great church, it's a great vision. But that vision is too small. God has called us to release the kingdom of God. The second one is Rick Warren, and he says, if your purpose is just to impact your generation, that is a great purpose. 
but the purpose is too limited. God has called us to raise the future generation with his purpose, and I would like to say and to hear an amen for that. Uh, we do need this. We need a greater vision than just our church. And I realize that, uh, you know, in the communist time, the churches, they never limited their vision to the own congregation and building because we are threats. We, are, we love the others. We have to help each other. We, if somebody was in a need, you will go and help. So uh, our vision was always for the community, for the city. And the church was seen as an influencer, as a life of the city. In Romania, even if you're Orthodox or you're uh, Evangelical Christian, uh, everything gravitates towards the church. Every village, every town in the middle of the village is a great pointy church, and that's the church, is the building. So lately now we discovered that people are actually limited their vision just to what the action and what we do inside the church. But let's remember, you know, that the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ has two titles. And when we welcome somebody to faith, we ask him, do you want to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord? Uh, as we study the gospel, we'll see that actually those titles sent to us two messages. It's the same gospel, but there is a gospel that actually we read about Jesus as Savior, and that's the nice one. Apostle Paul, he was uh, uh, in Romans 1.16, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes, first the Jew and then the Gentile. So this is the gospel of salvation that proclaimed Jesus as Savior. And because he's our savior, our duty is to carry on his message and make disciples from all the nations. But it's an individual message. It's a personal message to us. You know, uh, the, the gospel, this gospel, Paul says, I'm not ashamed. Because the reason I'm not ashamed is that it's that power of God that saved each one of us. And praise the Lord that gospel reached to us as well. And uh, uh, I would like to read from Matthew 24, verse 14, and see the gospel of kingdom that proclaimed Jesus as the Lord. But this time, it's not just make disciple, it's make disciple for the nation, to look over the nation. And this Bible, verse 24, verse 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as the testimony to all nations and then it will come the end lots of people look now to israel and palestine and uh, the war is happening there and some people freaked out because you know jesus is coming and i might not be prepared but here says the sign of jesus coming is that the gospel of kingdom have to reach out to all the nations you know according to the study that we have today we still have about 46 languages that has no Bible in their own language. But I think Jesus is near, and all the science speaks about this. But we still have to fulfill our duty, and our duty is to go make disciples from all the nations. And I pray, you know, UK, it will be saved by God. Romania will be saved by God. I thank you for all the investment in my country. Not just now, when I was kids, some of you will bring Bibles. My family was involved in this Bible smuggling. My brothers will go and get the Bibles. We as children will always just handwrite the Bible so that other churches and other people can have access to the Bible. 
Now in Romania, everybody has tons of Bible. If you go, every room has a Bible. Everybody has a Bible in the house, but we don't read it anymore. There's something there that happened, you know, and then that's, uh, we need to revision ourselves and to get that vision from the Lord that goes beyond our church, that goes and make disciple of all the nations. And thank you for being faithful to pray for us and please continue to pray for us. We do need, in our area, we need God. And if you pray for us to be blessed, then you escape of some of Romanians that comes here and gets you trouble. When I end up in Luton, I didn't know if I, our plane had a detour and I arrived back home because I could hear so many other people speaking Romanian. I said, well, this is where all our young people are, that we want them to stay there. We don't want them to send them to you. you know, but we need your prayer. We need your help. And we need you know, our vision to expand our horizons, our church. And that's why I was born in a Christian family. I was set up to be in a church of 3,000. But the Lord showed me this area, which is by the Black Sea, where Christian, born-again Christian, at 0.1%. Out of 2 million people, we have there only 1,400 Christian. So they need Jesus too. So thank you for being our supporter and may the Lord bless you. So let's speak a little bit about what it means to have a vision larger than your church. And I think walking around your town, I've seen you are blessed. I don't know how many of you, you look at your town and you don't look with that perspective, you know, young or old, oh, I don't like the town, it's too small or it's too big or we don't have enough restaurants or we don't have that. You know, I don't know if you realize, but Christ chose each one of us personally, but Christ is looking for a town as well. And I think you are placed here strategically by God to win this town and be a town of God. So may North Valentin, can you say it? I never could pronounce it right. Can somebody help me? I was right. Thank you. May it be a town for Christ. Amen. Amen. So, when we speak that our vision should be greater than our church, and it should be in our town and our community, God has intended this and to look at our city as the resting place of God. And if we can read Psalm 132, verse 13 to 17, it says, For the Lord has chosen Zion. I think the Lord has chosen North Valleton. For what? What was the reason he will choose a city? And he said, he has desired it for his dwelling place. The presence of the Lord this morning here is, is so strong. And we can feel the stirring of the Holy Spirit. But the Lord chose your town as well. To be a place where he can dwell. And for this to happen, it's our role and it's our purpose. And may the Lord help us to create and make this place as a place where the Lord will dwell. And he says, this is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell for I desire it. When you look at your town, I don't know if you realize, but the Lord desire your town for him. The Lord desire my town for him. And the Lord desire the place where you live to be his place of rest. The place where his presence will not rest just on Sunday in the church. But it will rest over the whole city, over the whole nation. And this is where I think the church needs to aim. 
That's why we need to, to look at our, our, our cities differently. And look what he says here. I will abundantly bless that town with provision. It's abundant provision. You see, I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priest with salvation. There are so many implications and benefits when we look at our town as a vision. And I want to give you my personal testimony in this. We moved in 2000 in Constanza. 2002 were election. We were just few people, about 10 people in our church. The mayor knocked at our doors and he came and gave me, hand me the, uh, their vision for future. And how this town should be developed. And he offered me in the Easter time a, a bottle of wine. At Easter time, all the Orthodox, they fast for 40 days. So uh, I said, thank you. I welcome for everything you do. But, you know, for respect of people, this is a time when everybody fasts. You should not go and do this, give wine. But you should go and give Christ. And he was like, because they don't believe in Christ. He says, what do you mean? And I said, look, I'm sorry, but I cannot vote for you. And he did not expect that. I says, why? And I says, because your vision doesn't include God for our city. And I think it's time for you to include God in your life and include it in our city. Next morning at 5 o'clock, he phoned me and says, I want to meet with you at my home. And I went and I prayed with him. And he started to cry and he says, I need Christ as well in my life. He received the Lord in his life, never changed his habits, but that was the moment. And he asked me, he says, can you write for me a vision? How a blessed town should look. And that was a challenge for me now. I did not expect that. So I came and I read those verses and I put there and I says, look, in our town, at that moment, about 90% of people will not graduate a high school. It's because they will go get jobs, well, easy just to work on. For tourists, not, school was not a priority. I was looking at our town and there was no perspective. We live by, in the best place by the Black Sea and we could not go to the Black Sea. So the Lord said, I want to bring prosperity. And I write all those verses. I put it for him and I put it in a campaign and I give it to him. And he called all the party and says, look, this guy is here. And I think what he says, it will bring our town to be a blessing. We have the most poverty in town. And now I can say we as, a, as an income in our town, we are second in the country. It's the fastest developed, the hugest developed. And the one you visit, you'll see. It's just our town. It makes a big, huge difference among the whole the other towns in the area. Why? Because I do believe the Lord desires our cities. I do believe you can be the change that will change this, this city for him for good. And it doesn't, it doesn't take a big whole thing. It just take one person to stay in the gap and say, Lord, here I am. Use me. It was just one moment that changed our relation ever since I'm the counselor of the mayor, ex-mayor, next mayor after him, and the one today, they all come to me and says, you know, we don't know anything about you, but we know something. Wherever you say about your God and wherever your God does, it happen, good or bad. We try to get rid of you, and every time we try to get rid of you or your church, something bad happened to us. And it says, I carry that blessing. Whoever bless me, you will be blessed. Whoever curse me, you will be cursed. And they freak out more. <laughs> but you know, it really, it really takes for us to consider the place where we are, the dwelling place of the Lord. Question, is your house a dwelling place of the Lord? 
is the market where you go a dwelling place of the Lord. Because he will dwell there and he desired this. So may the Lord bless us and help us. Let's look at Isaiah 65, verse 18 to 25. I'm going quick to this to see how an ideal city would look for Christ. Can we have these verses here? If it's possible, it will be beautiful. So Isaiah 65, verse 18 to 25. And this is a portrait. This is how a perfect town from God's perspective will look like. And it says... But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem. Again, it's the name of a town. Jerusalem is Jerusalem even today. It says, I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. How about if we declare that over our town? How about if New Valentine will be a place where, you know, the Lord will create things that it will be a delight for each one of us. And you as people will just reflect God's joy on your... Because I, I, I enjoy what she said. He says, where is perfect love, there cannot be fear. So why we should fear as Christian when we can trust the Lord and ask the Lord and says, Lord, if I'm in this city, can I ask you nicely, Lord, make this city as you intended to be? And then he carry on and he says, I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. At the sound of weeping and crying, it will be heard in no more. Oh, how much we need this. When the sound of weeping and sound of crying to stop and the sounds of worship and the sound of joy of the Christian, of new life church will be heard in all this town. May the Lord do this today and start with us. And then he carry on. He says, it doesn't stop here. He says, never again will there be an infant who lives but few days or an old man who dies not leave out his ear. That what that means. It means we'll have health. Now nobody will die young. No more COVID, no more lockdown. It can happen. God already did it. In Egypt, everybody was suffering, everybody was sick. But in Goshen, in that area, his people were healthy. I believe it's time for us to, to make not just our church, but our community and pray to the Lord to be what he intended to be. Amen. To be a healthy city. It carry on and it says, uh, he who dies at a hundred, it will be through a mere youth. Oh, you look like that. Some of you. <laughs> In Romania, they die quite young. Maybe 60s when they died, but... Here you are blessed with a long life. And this is a reason why. Because it's God's plan for us to have a city like this. Uh, verse 21. They will build houses and dwell in them. Oh, such a great blessing. I've seen such nice houses around here. But I've seen so many people with no houses. And that's not what God intended. He said they will build a house. That means it will be good housing. Question. You are in the area and you don't like the area. You are in the nice house but you still don't have peace. 
That's because, you know, you don't make that place a dwelling place for God. May the Lord bless our city with good housing where we can rest, where we can be blessed and family can grow. Since he said they will plant vineyards and will eat their fruits. That's food abundantly. May the Lord continue to bless us. No longer they will build houses and others live in or plant and others eat. That means justice. They will not toil in vain. That's economic prosperity. Verse 24, it says, but they will call and I will answer. Praise the Lord. You know, my friends, how do you see your church? Just another church among another thousand church in this town? Because you have churches, quite a few around. I've seen everywhere a church. Or you see yourself living in a town where the Lord really wants to bless you. Uh, how do you see your church in this morning? As an agent of change? Do you have this vision to go beyond? Or you said, you know, I, did my, I had my time there and I don't want to carry on. Uh, I would like to ask Martin to come here for a moment. Because you know, our church will never change if we don't change. And to change, we need a vision. And my question is, what's your vision? What is your vision for this church? You will say, well, our pastor has a vision. Yes, he does. And may the Lord bless him with a great vision. And I've seen his heart. heart. His heart is bigger than this building, bigger than your church. What about the villages around this town? What about the people that uh, carry on, you know, that burden in them? Will New Life Church be the one that will bring new life in this town and make this town look like God intended to be? It can happen. But there is something that it needs to be done. And then that's the calling that Lord, the Lord is challenging you. And that place, that's a place. And the Lord says to many of you now, and I feel this from the Lord to tell you, is, you know, the Lord is calling you not to have a vision, but to revision your vision. In Israel, there was a moment, you know, when they received the tables of the law. But then the people move away from the Lord. And then Moses was sitting with God. And it says, it's to sit in a tent. And they talk face to face. And Moses would say one important thing. Lord, show me your glory. And what the Lord replied to him was, you know, there is a place next to me. Come up in the mountain. But when you go to the mountain... Bring the stone again, and I will write the law. So I think to get that vision that beyond our church, beyond our town, beyond our nation, it's time for us to revision and to go to that place to stay face to face to God and says, Lord, show me your glory. When was the last time you cry out to the Lord? Lord, show me your glory. I want to see the glory in this town. I want to see the glory in my church. I want to see the glory uh, uh, to be so strong in this place that you can change all you need to do is go back to that place where the Lord called you. Go back to that place and say, Lord, I need you. I need to see you again face to face. I will ask Neil to come here as well. Is it Neil here? He's here. May the Lord bless you, Neil. I will ask your, your pastor to come closer to me. Neil, stay on the other side. So, okay, let's make room for Neil to go the other side. If your purpose is just for your generation, 
It's a great purpose. That's not what God intended. Here are several generations that need to leave legacy. But you know, if your pastor has a vision, can I ask you? There is a moment in Israel's life, a Moses. You remember that they were fighting with Palestine of today, Amalek. Same war, 6,000 years, never ends. And Joshua was fighting down. And Moses says, well, I will go up in the mountain and I will do something. What Moses did? Come on, you know the Bible. The Baptist church. What was Moses doing up on the mountain? He prayed first and then he, come on, lay hands. Up, up, up. So, in that battle, they had a great vision. They were listening to what the Lord said. Sorry, Martin. No, just face the church. Keep your hands up because you're Moses. At the moment, the Bible says that Moses' hand grew weary, tired. He's a young pastor, great athlete. He can hold hands for you, and as long as his hands is up, you're winning the battle. But how long do you think he can hold his hand? Come on, guess. Nobody? Time. You're, you have time. You're British. You'll be on time all the time. Ten minutes? Five minutes. Come on, give some more grace. Twenty minutes, anybody? Twenty minutes. Okay. So then his hands grew weary, went down, and then the Lord says that the words, they're Aaron and Hur. You're, I'm Aaron, you're Hur. So what did he do? All right. So how long do you think we can stay like this? Hmm? <laughs> hey, well, he can do that on his own. 15? 30 minutes. Who can vote for 30 minutes? Oh, thank you. You're so graceful. Well, for the one who studied the Bible, that battle was longer than 24 hours. Because he prayed for the moon and for the sun and for the time to stop. So how can three people can stay like this, you know, and not let, because every time the, the hand goes down, the enemy is winning. Every time his, your pastor hands goes down, you as church are losing. As long as his hands are up. So the second position is, they said they brought a rock. I sit down. I sit down. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's a glass. It's a trap somebody put on. So his hands needs to be up. Come on, follow Neil. How long you can, you think we can stay like this? We can stay. They stood, as Moses was nearly 120, and he stood for 24 hours. We can stay as long as we can. That means shoulder to shoulder. Now the question for you is, who are the people in this church that the Lord called you to be shoulder to shoulder to him? You know, we always expect that the pastor will do it. And he does. He stays face to face with God every day, every single day, every single Sunday. He stays with God. He searches for a vision. His vision is bigger than this church. He's bigger than this town. He's bigger than this nation. 
but he needs people shoulder to shoulder so then our church will be greater than just a church it will become a community where Christ will dwell I like you to take a few moments in your mind in your heart and ask the Lord now Lord who are the people that I was committed to what are the wildest dreams I had and I let them down you know and there are two types of people some that needs you so their hands will stand so then you can win and we can all together win if we want this town to be transformed from the Lord in this area then it's time for New Life Church to be shoulder to shoulder and I would like to hear an amen from you but don't do it without strategy. Don't do it just because you're doing it. Do it because the Lord put it in your heart. And I don't want you to leave this building today until the Lord will show you who is the person in this church that you have to go with him and hold his hand up again. Who's that young person that's giving up on his faith? You know, he's been standing, sorry. He, he, he probably tried and struggled. And he said, Lord, I'm here. I'm for you. I, 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 I will do everything, Lord. My hands are strong. But then finally he finds himself into that position where he cannot hold his hands up. And he needs you to go beside and just be shoulder to shoulder. Say, come on, carry on, go, move on. May the Lord bless us with this. You know, in Christ, we're all in Christ, but we need to be partnered together. And sometimes some of you will say, like it's now maybe it's funny and it has no reason to do this. I want to bring to you another story and that story is from David's life. And there is a little field. The Bible says that the Philistines, they came and it was a little field of rice. About 25 meters was that field. And uh, that field exposed the whole army because the Philistines come from the hill. This is another hill. And that field was just by the river there. A small creek will go by and was a field of rice. And the whole army of Israel would fly and David was crazy enough. Come on, my David. Be crazy enough. He said he make a stand. Again, a whole army of Philistines with no reason in mind. He says like, why, why is it important to protect a little field? Nobody understood. But he says that Eliezer was one of his mighty, come on, one of his mighty warrior, one of his mighty, oh, your mighty warrior. So David started to fight with Felicity and the whole army was running. He find himself alone. And he said, this guy came and he stood, turn around please. He stood back to back. And in that day, they fought together and they killed 10,000 Philistines. And it says, the Bible said that the sword were going into their flesh and their hands became one with the sword. And they were keep fighting and fighting on their own. Two can put 10,000 to flee and the whole army, why? Back to back. If shoulder to shoulder means to help, Back to back, you realize what it means. To protect. You know why? Everybody will run because it doesn't have a meaning for. For David, that was the place where he took the first five stone that killed Goliath. For him, that place have a meaning. Maybe you're here today and you have something that for everybody else is small. But for you, it has a meaning. Don't let it go. Fight for it.
Fight for what God showed you probably 50 years ago. Now David was old, but he still remembered the day when the Lord called him and when he took the five stones and killed the giant. And he said, if the Lord held me then, he will help me again. The Lord didn't make uh, the stone fly straight somewhere, but he used his mighty warrior to come and stay behind. So then they could fight, they could protect each other. On his own, David will be stabbed. So who are the people in the church that need you to cover their back? That maybe doesn't have any sense for, every, for the whole army. What David did was wrong, it was dangerous, it was something that they could not explain. But this guy, you know, his mighty word says, well, you know what? If my leader make a stand here, I will stand with him. If this is important for you, it will be important for me as well. This is where community it will change. This is where a new life it will change. Thank you guys. Give them a round of applause. I would like to close saying that probably the biggest stand we have to make is to stand for our generation and for the next generation. New Life Church, the young people of this church, they need you, the old ones. They need you to cover their back. They need you to support them, to stay so shoulder to shoulder. They need you to go to the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, show me your glory so then I can, my face can shine for them and I can be an indicator for them to follow you. You know, when the Lord called us, he called us to be an influencer, to change not just our church, but to change our city, to be the ideal city, how the Lord intended. Is New Valentin now the city how God intended? The answer is no. That means you have more work to do. May the Lord help you to do it. If you need a vision, I pray that the Lord will bless Martin, and I know it is, to stay face to face to God and receive a vision. And each one of you stay face to face to God to receive a vision. But he needs your support. Not just him, but each one of you. Please pray and ask the Lord, Lord, who are the people that I can be shoulder to shoulder? Pastor Martin, Pastor Steve, New Life Church, thank you for all those years. You've been shoulder to shoulder to us so that we can win the war in Romania. Thank you for your hands being up and pray for us. As long as your prayer was up, we're winning the battle there. As long as our hands will be up, this town will be transformed. So if your hands grow weary, Ask some friends to come alongside with you. And may the Lord help us to be a strong community together. And let's protect our back to each other. Because when we do that, our vision will be greater than what we see today. And our purpose in life will be longer and greater than what we establish. May the Lord bless you. Amen.